Welcome to the Seeing Deep Podcast, where we see deep in a shallow world by exploring our surrounding culture through a biblical lens. This month, we are learning about real gratitude, not the fake kind of thankfulness that takes for granted what we have, but the deep abiding gratitude that recognizes we don't deserve what we have. The scripture for today's episode is taken from Psalm 118, verse 24. This is the day that the Lord has made. Let us rejoice and be glad in it. Let us rejoice and be glad in this day, in every day. You know, I just hearing that verse, I think about Jesus as he chose to come in suffering and as he carried his cross with joy that he chose in that day, in that moment to rejoice because he saw a superior pleasure. He saw what he was achieving, even in that suffering. Notice that we have a choice in this as well. The encouragement is that we would choose well, though it is not until we choose to be glad in this life with our lot in this life that we have been given each day, will we be able to find joy in it. The choice comes first. I think about how often we choose to go with our feelings instead of faith. Faith informs our feelings. Oh, this series on true gratitude has me in a posture of worship, friends. Forgive me if I visit once again in my mind a hospital visit I had in December 2012. It would be on this visit that the timid, somewhat wimpy girl that I was, was told by my husband that I had true grit. Oh, what our great God can do in the hard places, friends. I knew getting pneumonia again was not going to bode well for me as I lie in the hospital bed and the doctors poured lots of medicines into my weak, ill body. Circumstances were bad. Not something one would normally choose to be grateful for in the flesh. Kidney failure and pneumonia that would not relent darkened my hopes. But there in that bed, I prayed, Oh God, here I am. Send me. For some reason, I, I had a vision in my mind and it was wondering if it was the medication or, or what. But I had this vision and I saw Isaiah uttering these words. And I said, Oh God, I'm of unclean lips too. But here I am. Send me. Even here, Denise, will you let me use you here? Yes, God. Get up and write a scripture on the board from your devotion time. Yes, God. As I proceeded day after day to write a scripture verse on the board, a nurse who was caring for me began to have a softened heart. You need to get up and walk, she told me. And so the next part of my mission was placed on my spirit. Give the gifts you have been given away. Walk up and down the hallway and give the flowers and the different gifts that people have given me to those who have none. So I dragged my oxygen tank, donned in two hospital gowns and creeping down the hallway. I also looked a bit creepish, I might add. My precious husband helped me to carry the gifts and my music that I gave to whoever would receive them. 
Oh, when I think of it now, friends, had I not persevered in Preston, I would have missed it. I would have missed a mission right in the midst. And a precious nurse who told me that she had rededicated her life to Christ after watching me in that hospital room would have missed drawing near to God. Why could I not have seen this before? We see true grit in Paul in 2 Corinthians 12, 8 through 10. Three times I pleaded with the Lord to take it away from me, but he said to me, my grace is sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect in weakness. Therefore, I will boast all the more gladly about my weaknesses so that Christ's power may rest on me. That is why, for Christ's sake, I delight in weaknesses, in insults, in hardships, in persecutions, in difficulties, for when I am weak, then I am strong. Luke spoke of what grit gains us in Luke 21, verse 19. By your endurance, you will gain your lives. You see, before what I saw as I, an unfair happening in my life, why? Why do I have to go through these things? Why do I have such a difficult autoimmune problem in my life? I realized in this moment in 2012, a truth, a singular truth that has stuck with me and stuck with me when I was in the hospital again with COVID last year, which is every single thing we face in this life. God's grace is enough. It's enough. And more than that, it's a mission. By your endurance, you will gain your lives. I was researching the topic of grit and I came across this gem from psychologist Angela Lee Duckworth. She studied the subject of grit intensively. She defines grit as the ability to persevere in pursuing a future goal over a long period of time and not giving up. Doesn't that sound like Jesus? It is having stamina. It's sticking with your future day in, day out, not just for the week, not just for the month, but for years and working really hard to make that future a reality. Grit is living life like it's a marathon, not a sprint. I don't know about you, but those words encourage me because this girl has never been a sprinter. <laughs> Even now when I jog with my husband, I mean, I'm huffing and puffing and, but, and it's a slow go here, <laughs> but it's a marathon. You know, grit grows gratitude. It forms a pearl from the irritants in our lives as we cast our pain onto God's grace. True gratitude cannot come from a trouble-free life, for we would be expectant of such an existence and complain the moment pain entered in. Fear of pain held me hostage for most of my life, but fear of God set me free from that bondage. Friends, I've suffered intermittently with autoimmune diseases for more than 20 years, and it was so very hard. And I still have my aches and pains. I think we all do, don't we, in this life? But how do we bear those aches and pains for Jesus? Hey, listen, it's okay to cry out, and this girl has done it on many occasions, and it's okay to weep, and it's okay to admit it's hard. But in every momentary affliction, I encounter the reason for gratitude from places 
that produce grit. 2 Corinthians 4, 17 and 18 says, For this light momentary affliction is preparing for us an eternal weight of glory beyond all comparison. As we look not to the things that are seen, but to the things that are unseen. For the things that are seen are transient, but the things that are unseen are eternal. No sorrow we encounter, and praise God with in the midst of it, will ever be in vain. The reward will be so sweet, friend. Don't waste suffering. Don't waste any opportunity to proclaim God's goodness right smack dab in the middle of it all. I remember at the beginning of the pandemic hearing a phrase I believe was coined by Einstein. I'm not sure in this moment. Don't waste a pandemic. And I think we can waste it when we complain, when we doubt God's goodness. But there's time still, friends. We're still going through it even now. And, and we can glorify God in the middle of it. Romans 8, 18 says, I consider the sufferings of this present time are not worth comparing with the glory that is to be revealed to us. What a sweet reminder to consider right in the midst of suffering, what that suffering is producing and how great is our future in Christ. What we never wanted to encounter on earth is a reminder of how sweet will be our inheritance. I'll leave you with this final charge from Paul as he penned this verse from 1 Corinthians 15, verse 58. Therefore, my beloved brothers, be steadfast, immovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord, knowing that in the Lord your labor is not in vain. No suffering, no stigma, no shame, no sorrow, no pain in this life is ever in vain. We serve a God who promises to redeem those hard places for his glory and our good. And we don't deserve that, friends. That's what we don't deserve. But that's the God we serve who cares about our suffering. Don't believe a lie that he doesn't. And and cherish that grit that you're earning right now because Jesus showed us how to walk it out by faith. Well, friends, I hope you'll continue and just to join me this month as we focus on real gratitude. You've been listening to the Scene Deep podcast where we dive into the Word of God for the answers to life's problems. 